the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, and sometimes I talk about some stuff that's not all things financial. Do you remember in your childhood the song Drunken Sailor? It's called a sea shanty. And it was sung by sailors as they were sailing the seas, especially those that required a bright walking pace around the decks. <laughs> Early 19th century, right? I never understood it. Ho, ho, and up she rises. Ho, ho, and up she rises. Ho, ho, and up she rises. Okay, I don't get that. He roar, up she rouses. What shall we do with the drunken sailor? Like, it never made sense to me. Socks make sense to me. You know, what do you do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Weigh hay and up she rises like, huh, are you actually weighing hay? Or does that mean like on the way to hay? Up she, I, I never understood it. But stocks I get. The stock market I get. I'm not a capitalist pig. I wear one pair of jeans until they fall apart. And when I'm washing my jeans, I'm wearing sweats. And I probably have two pairs of sweats that act as my, my pajamas. Like I'm pretty functional. I know you're saying that's not functional, you loser. You're a weirdo. Fair enough. Let's talk stocks. Microsoft up today. Price target pushed from 200 to 260. Apple higher today. Well, just because. Amazon higher today. Well, just because we think of them as the 24-7-365 Mall of America. I know you're saying that's a good reference because there's a mall of America that has the most stores in the United States and Minnesota or something like that. And it's near an airport and it's like seven stories of mall story stores. Alphabet is higher. Well, because why not? It just is. Facebook is higher, too. Oh, don't forget about Netflix and Tesla. What are those? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven stocks that seem to go higher every freaking fracking day. That's got me a little bit worried because it reminds me of 1999, 2000 when tech stocks just kept going higher every single day. And we referred to it as the tech bubble. And literally you could buy a stock, not on Robinhood back then. You could buy a stock on Monday and sell it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, there used to be rules that Wall Street hated if you bought a stock and sold it the same day. Like you would get a call from your stockbroker like, uh, Rob, you just did the, the no-no. The no-no dance. You're no-no not allowed to buy stock and sell it the same day. I don't think they care anymore. But do you see where I'm going out with that? Like, I think that was a thing, wasn't it? And it was. So I feel like we're doing a little bit of a melt-up bubble, and all I can do is say I can't stop and care about it. You kind of go with it for a little bit, but you also have a goal down the road. 
Um, Ivy League, big story yesterday. I think, you know, no one's really hitting. Harvard announces that their course instruction for fall 20, for the full 20, 21 year, is going to remain online. Harvard is going to remain online for all of 2021. They're still going to charge $50,000 in tuition. And I think America's going to wake up and say, that's bull hockey. Bull pucky or whatever you want to say. Is there a difference between bull hockey and bull pucky? I don't know. There's this whole theory about how COVID-19 and the quarantine has accelerated certain technological trends like cloud computing, digital media, working from home. You're seeing companies that, that benefit Zoom, Datadog, Netflix. They're running so far, so fast, so much higher. So stop and think about for a minute what Harvard just did. One of the most luxurious schools, not luxurious, one of the most biggest brand schools in the world. I got an education from Harvard and I'm working at 7-Eleven. You never hear anyone from Harvard working at 7-Eleven. The worst I've ever heard was someone who worked, uh, went to Yale, basically uh, lied about her income and forged W-2s, but that's neither here nor there. So private colleges have been charging a ton of money. They've been raising tuition faster than inflation. That freaks people like me and CFP, Chad Burton, out. My wages weren't keeping up with inflation, and yet you have kids. And you're like, wow, college is an expensive day, and the next year it's more expensive. The next year it's more expensive. Your wages aren't keeping up with it. So inflation is the boogeyman that should fear you. That should be the most fearful thing in the world is that what you earn and keep doesn't keep up with inflation. Total student debt has been marching higher and higher and higher and higher. Why would I go to any other school than Harvard? Why wouldn't Harvard allow more students to come online next year and just say, screw it. If people are dumb enough for $50,000, we'll take on 10% more students. It's a good question. There's so much incredible information out there, and it's starting to accumulate and build on the internet. One of the things we're going to look back on, and I promise you this, COVID-19 introduced families to online education. If you weren't used to it before, you got some sort of con concept of it now as a family. And you're going to be a little bit more comfortable with it. And when schools like Harvard say they're going to raise tuition, we're going to say no. Because online education, we can go to Yale and get it 10% cheaper. We can go to Princeton and get it 5% cheaper. Because we're missing out on that, in, that college experience of waking up drunk, going to your first frat party, um, doing things like defecating in a hallway on an imaginary toilet because you're so out of your mind, blitz drunk because your parents aren't there to police you. Those aren't real stories for me. <laughs> but you get the idea. The college experience, is it going to be neutralized here? And I have to say, I think a little bit. And how do you make change? One step at a time, right? Uber agreed to buy Postmates, a food delivery startup, for $2.65 billion. I, I worked over the numbers. Um, they laid off 14% of their workforce, Uber did, in May. They took a $2.9 billion loss in the first quarter of 2020. Uber Eats was growing by 50%. Bookings up 54% year over year. Postmates and Uber will have 37% of the food delivery market share in the United States. And what's interesting about it is, I think the takeaway is, don't expect them – expect them to change their tune a little bit. Their tune used to be was you can get in a car and take a taxi ride across the city for $2. If you take a taxi ride across the city, it's going to be 10 
So as a consumer, we're like, wow, we just saved $8. And they told the drivers, you can be an Uber driver and make $20, even though we just made $2 from a guy we took across the city. And the taxi driver's like, wow, wow, I, I should go work for those guys. And the investors are like, we just gave you a billion dollars and you showed us incredible revenue growth. Now what? Let's go public. So they go public and they pass all that investment dollars off that the venture capitalists had put into it. They start cashing out because they, they gave you the revenue growth and the earnings loss growth and the market share. And that's what they gave you as a publicly traded company. It's now now what do they do when they have to raise prices from two dollars to ten dollars to be competitive and make money? Now, what do they do when they have to pay drivers less to keep them competitive with other markets? And you are the publicly traded person holding that stock. Now, again, they at least stayed public for a year or so and kind of gave you an idea of how much losses are. So it's a little bit of a learning lesson. Is capitalism broken? Is one plus one three? In the gig economy, it is. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. A day full of news. I like news-driven stories for a stock market. We have it out there today. We have got a lot of politics. The big companies are doing what they're doing. Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Amazon, Tesla, Alphabet, all moving higher. And it's kind of a melt-up. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk a little bit about financial planning issues. He's with newfocusfinancial.com, as am I. You mentioned you read an article by one of your favorite investment companies. You were a bit concerned. Um, well, first and foremost, how are you, Chad? And uh, what are you concerned about? These are good days. These are glory days. These are gravy days on the stock market. Yeah, well, I guess you could say that. The, the, there's certain sectors that know why they're doing really, really, really well because tech-wise, they have a lot more revenue as everybody's working from home. So other ones are struggling. The crazy melt-up, though, that really has happened since the first of the of July is emerging markets up about seven, eight percent so far, Rob, keeping right in line with technology for the last month. Um, so pretty decent rally in emerging markets as the dollar's kind of weakened a little bit and a lot of stimulus is happening overseas that we just don't hear as much about. That's true. We're very U.S. centric, American centric. What are you hearing about overseas markets that you you like, Chad? Well, it's really just an issue of they were already cheap going into 2020. They were already trading okay. at recessionary levels and low, low P.E. ratios. Um, and they really didn't. You know, the, the part of the issue is that they can't stimulate their economy as much as a result of COVID. Or they can't deal with it as well. Um, but it's it's you know, the news is not so great here on it. it's a little bit better in some cases overseas. Um, but there's more stimulus that's happening than people thought would happen. And demographic-wise, emerging markets is pretty attractive, um, but it's a matter of getting through this virus. Uh, just, just, just a surprising rally in the last several days, I guess you could say. Getting through the virus, it kind of reminds me when I was a younger man going to a doctor with a funny itch, and he goes, you'll get through it. Just don't itch it. Um, when, it goes, when it comes to the co- – I know you're saying, well, tell me more, but no. 
When it comes to COVID-19 and being a CFP, how do you project people's expenses? Because like this is one of those weird years where my expenses are way different. For instance, restaurants way down, groceries way up. How do you deal with expenses in time of COVID? The expenses really haven't changed much in terms of what we've been talking about. What has changed is this idea that, so the article that I was talking about is uh, T. Rowe Price, which is Uh a great company, a stock that I own. Um, They they put out some really good articles and they they actually even have some decent calculators on their site, Rob. I mean, most online calculators are awful in terms of retirement planning because they don't have anything to do with taxes. I was just telling Um, that to the producer that you said that. yeah, and and so, but their article kind of pushed out the idea that they're still sticking with that. Well, a four percent withdrawal rate at age sixty-five is still a good number to use, and it's not okay. really. I, I'm not worried about stocks in the next twenty years. Stocks okay. will still give us, you know, ten, eleven percent average rates of return over our lifetime, over long market, multiple market cycles. But fixed income is way different now. Then, I mean, if you think back on what the 10-year treasury was yielding when you and I first started working together in 1999, I mean, we're, we're like 20% of that rate, Rob. I mean, that, that's when, in the 90s, that's when that 4% draw rule was created, and fixed income is much, much lower now. Right. So I think at 65, you have to go, you know, can I survive? Can I, can I be comfortable on 3.5% of my overall portfolio? And then you got to do your expenses because what is that? What is that after tax? If you're pulling out of your 401k or IRA, you're paying taxes on that. So it's truly left over for you. Um, so people have to be much more careful, much more detailed in retirement planning these days. And then you can't have a level rate of spending either. A lot of times people, when you're asking about how do you project spending in retirement, mm-hmm. a lot of times people spend a lot more in the first 10 years because you're doing your, you know, your bucket list of travel. Um, you're, you're, you know, working on your house. You might get an RV. Um, later on in life, you might stop traveling. So you have to have these kind of lumpy expenses. It's kind of a smiley face thing, right? You, you, you spend a lot more then it decreases. And then later in life, you have healthcare issues and it increases. You really have to do a very careful job of projecting all that. And one good piece of advice is floss your teeth twice a day because eventually they're going to rot and fall out. Cheaper healthcare and retirement is my advice. But um, let's talk about some other important decisions to make with your retirement funds in this moment. Uh, what, what do you think we need to know? Well, now because of the stimulus and, and increased government uh, debt as a result of all this, people are still, you know, they're worried even more about Social Security. So you get this push of, well, I'm just going to take it early. Okay. Well, you can literally have a 77% higher income if you wait and if you're going to retire at 62, but you wait until 70 to take your social security, it could be about 77% higher than if you start taking payments at 62. And if you have any longevity, if you're going to live past your mid eighties, it is a bad decision to take it early. Um, especially if you have a spouse that didn't work because when one spouse dies, the surviving spouse keeps the bigger check. So that's still a big mistake and, and very careful consideration. I think that that's something that, People, you know, we're going to see a tax increase on people that are working mm-hmm. um, in order to shore up Social Security. Because if we don't, by 2034, there's going to be a reduction in benefits, and our government's not going to let that happen. It'd be too much of a backlash. And then finally, I think the biggest one, and we and we've e- seen it Chad, just recently. Chad, stop for a second. Our government's not going to let that happen. 
I recognize that. You recognize that. But do you realize our listeners are thinking, that's a government conspiracy. You don't think the market can go down a lot because the government won't let it happen? Just so you know, you're, we're talking conspiracy theories right now that our government actually cares about us. <laughs> anyway, last thought. Last thought. <laughs> Yeah, the problem is is that they wait too long to deal with the situation and then they politicize it and they're going to fight over who can fix it better once it's so broken that it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a, an emergency situation, unfortunately. That's that's the way our current politicians work and it's pretty disgusting. Who can fix it better? Anything else that we need to add? We have about 30 seconds, so be tight. Yeah, have that withdrawal plan, that that safe money, that rebalancing strategy. That's one of the most important things in retirement. And that's what we're going to cover on July 16th. It's the one, the only CFP, Chad Burton. There's still seats available for the webinar because I know it, it's, it popped fast on us. Yeah, it's, uh, people are people are concerned about how to retire post pandemic. That's for sure. And people can still sign up. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. The uh, webinar is on the 16th of July, right around the corner. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, invested, and more. One of the things I have not really liked about COVID is when I tune in to see a band performance like on a Jimmy Kimmel and it's the killers and they've have a new album out and it, even in the COVID they have a new album out kind of thing and they're playing in their living room. It's just two of them. Then they do it in the bathroom. Like that's not really working for me. So I will psychologically feel better when I can go to a show, but that feels like it was still a ways off. Doesn't it? When you're willing to sit with 3000, 4000 other people in a tight space Oh, boy. I think there's going to be part of our reopening and part of the future is a lot more premium events with fewer people. Um, A dinner with fewer people, but a higher price. I think that's coming. Walgreens Boot Alliance is dragged today. Um, It's part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. I don't like that. That's why I don't own the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. I don't even like talking about the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 because it's got Walgreens boots lines in it. If I were to pick 30 stocks, uh, I would probably pick 30 different stocks. I don't think I'm any better than Dow Jones for coming up with this list, but it is what it is. Anyway, uh, Walgreens boots lines has announced uh, eh, earnings that missed the expectations. A reorganization plans for its boot stores that will affect over 4,000 jobs. What's that sound like? Good news or bad news? bad news for those people. It's good news for the stock, but it's not good news for the stock. Uh, we're getting a, a mixed message out of the company. JP Morgan Chase and Cisco, um, they're Dow components. They're moving the markets higher today. They're offsetting the Walgreens Boots Alliance weakness. Now, I bring that up in large part because we don't really talk about J.P. Morgan Chase a lot on this show. It's a big bank, and banks just are – this is the wrong environment with low interest rates. So I don't, like, try to glamorize them. Like, it's a big bank with billions of dollars. But they were upgraded today to buy from neutral. I like J.P. Morgan and the long-term concept. But I'll tell you what. these they, The low interest rates has been a long-term concept now, too, since 9-11, 2001. We've been marching rates lower. On occasion, we march them higher, but we are not at pre-2001 levels. Um, 
and the banks have kind of struggled in a low interest rate environment. They're still making money. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Evita Peron is coming to the musical theater near you, starring Madonna. Um, good news out of the first-time unemployment claims. A smaller number than expected. Now, don't you wish I just had one hand? <laughs> because on the other hand, the initial claim showed us that um, people are still long-term unemployed. And these numbers are nowhere near where they were a year ago. One year ago today, our unemployment claims are 211,000. Happy days are here again. No one's getting fired. Everyone's getting hired. We're, ma- we're making love. We're making war-, war. No, we're making peace. No, what are we doing? It was a good time a year ago, and it's not right now. First time unemployment claims came in at 1.3 million. Last year, this time, 211,000. So even with COVID, we're not back to normalized levels. Even with like COVID starting to get like a little deep into it, should we fire people? Wait, you're asking that question now four months into this? You should ask that question four months. Like, but So they're coming in at 1.3 million this week. That's a high number. In theory, we should have a better grasp, or we should, but we don't. So it's good news and bad news. We're a long way from good. We're kind of at like maybe. And I ain't marrying you till it's great. I can't quit you jobless claims. I love you. I'll take the high numbers too. Uh, mega cap stocks are on a mega cap trend right now of pushing higher. Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Tesla, Netflix, Facebook, Microsoft. And the reason why is why not? <laughs> None of those companies have announced anything in the last five days that is like, you're going to watch this next Netflix show and it's going to make you wiser. Apple hasn't said, you know, our next Apple watch is going to cure hemorrhoids. Although I think they're working on that. Google hasn't said, we will take your thoughts and we will tell you exactly what you're searching for. Well, actually, they've been doing that for about 20 years. So, But these companies aren't doing anything different right now. They're just getting rewarded for being mega cap companies that everyone knows and loves. They're being rewarded for not messing it up and having a ton of cash. Is, is that reason? I own a lot of those names. Am I happy? On one hand, yes. On the other hand, I'm like, I thought I was going to get that gain over a period of time, so I feel like I've kind of pulled it forward. And then I start going, well, if I pulled it forward, maybe if I sell it now, then I can start averaging into my mega yacht that I want to buy. I know you're saying, Rob, you want to buy a mega yacht? Why not? Why not? This is my my theme of the day. Uh, Markets are turning lower, by the way. So what I just said about Microsoft and Apple, they are lower now and no longer up. But they started the day up. Amazon's still up. So market of winners and losers. Costco's up. Costco's up nicely. You know why? There's fears that we're going to go get toilet paper again. I know you're saying that can't be. I've just whittled it down. I had gotten up to like 90 rolls of toilet paper in the peak of COVID. And I kind of like I started with four and somehow I wheeled and dealed. I traded gold coins. I gave one person a musket and they gave me rolls of toilet paper. And now that COVID's starting to abate because we're gone or opening up Texas and Florida, I don't have to hold on to all this toilet paper anymore. So now you're starting to whittle it down. And Rob's saying, no, 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 build it back up, build it back up. I'm not saying that, but Costco's kind of saying people are doing that. 
No, that's not the number. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. For some reason, I want to say 888. Everything's down today. Now, here's a psychology on me. I like down days. When I go into a store and I'm like, I need a pair of diesel jeans. And they're like, well, try these on. I'm like, I try them on. I'm like, I'll take them. They're a lovely fit. And the store goes, oh, they're 40% off today. I'm like, ding, 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 winner. I'm a winner with 30, 20, 15, 5, 10% off. I didn't know that. I just wanted to buy them at full price. Market, you could have bought it yesterday at full price, or today you can buy it 2, 3% off. Now, that's not as good as down 20, 30% off in my mind. Now, down 20 to 30%, my white tidy whities or my white underwear might not be so white. You know what I'm saying? Down 20 to 30%, you get a little more nervous, you get a little more anxious. You're looking at your screens a little bit long. You're like, I wonder if this could go much lower. Oh, boy. I guess, I guess it could. I should have gone to the bathroom there. Oh, boy. You know that the, the march to the bathroom is 27 steps down the hallway. And you lingered on the screen a second too long. Dow drops 500 points. Apple gives up gains. NBC Universal's Peacock. Unlikely to reach deals with Amazon and Roku by July 15 launch. Okay. I feel we have too many streaming services now because I really, really, really don't care about that story. I, I've, I've dug in with some Netflix. I use Roku as my hardware player so I can watch all my streaming channels in different locations easily bundled together. Um, I feel like we almost have one too many. I still haven't gotten around to watching that show on Disney Plus that I wanted to watch. I still haven't gotten around to watching, rewatching Breaking Bad on Netflix that I wanted to do this summer. I still haven't, like, I feel like there's one too many. And that's a good thing because that'll stop. The one company that's weak will say, maybe we do a month free. See, tease people on how good we are. And that'll be good for you and me. Um, Harvard and MIT are going to sue the government over student visas and how we're handling that. I think it's shameful the way we're handling international students right now, not letting them come back to their colleges, not letting them travel. Um, I just think a blanket policy is like, it's weird. Like we live in that world. I told you today, American Airlines said we can't fly to Hong Kong right now. I'm like, wait, wait, we live in a world where we can't fly to a country. Like the one thing I've known in the last 30 years is like you have money you can fly anywhere, right? If you want to fly to Wuhan, China and eat a bat, you can. Well, maybe <laughs> is the thing. And like the world is changing our, our image of what we can and can't do. Joe Biden is proposing a $700 billion plus buy American campaign. Do you know what's going to happen in this election cycle? In the next five months, you're going to grow to hate Bruce Springsteen. Because you're going to hear a lot of born in the USA at political rallies. <clears throat> a small town girl. You're going to hear all that stuff. When things get tough in the world, America buckles up and we kind of like we get to back to our blue collar roots. Heck, I might even open up a coal mine. So in the next couple months, we're going to be pushing. If a Democrat is pushing by American. One area where you can translate that into investments is there's something called the Russell 2000. If Biden's going to push $700 billion into a campaign, now he can't do that unless he's elected president. But he's telling you one of the things his agenda is going to be is to promote American companies. 
The greatest collection of American companies are in the small cap Russell 2000. They have not opened up office. Typically, if you're a small cap company, you're small. And you haven't said to yourself, like, we really need an office in Paris and Tokyo and Hong Kong. Oh, you can't fly to Hong Kong? Well, we need an office in Wuhan, China. Wait, wait you can't fly to Wuhan, China? Well, we'll just stay in the United States for a little bit longer. So if you wanted to play a political angle, maybe you're thinking small caps. I'm not telling you to do that, but doesn't it kind of seem to make sense with what's happening? That's a first step. Before you ever pull the trigger and spend your money on hard-earned money on something, you got to take many, many steps. But start with a good idea, right? And see if it, it holds water. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Thanks for listening. And a webinar, listen to the commercials. It's going to run out of space very soon. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know that you have a lot of options out there. Some days I'm going to do shows that are completely dedicated to philosophy. Some days I'm going to do shows that are dedicated to stocks. Some days I'm going to do it about the basics. Um, like I, sometimes I have to remember that let's reset this and say the goal of this show is to get you a million dollars. I know you're saying I don't need a million dollars. I want to help people. I want to do – to me, that's kind of the area where you're going to be financially free to do whatever you want. A million dollars for most Americans should pay you about $40,000 a year in retirement if interest rates go back up. Or you're going to take $40,000 a year in income in retirement if you're willing to go after some stocks that have some higher dividends, maybe some growth. It ain't going to be what you think it is. So sometimes I have to talk about that kind of stuff on this show. A million dollars is going to get you about $40,000 a year in income. That's my goal. Because I know what Social Security is, and I work with financial planners, and I, I've been doing this for 20-plus years. A million dollars ain't that much. Like, when you thought a million dollars as a kid, didn't you think, well, I'm going to have caviar every night. No, you're not. Um, it's not – isn't that much. I wish I were, like, could tell you another story. but it, it, So sometimes I'm going to do the goal-oriented show. Sometimes I'm going to you know, go in a completely different direction. So just go with me and let's have fun on this ride. Um, it's a goal dedicated to getting you to retirement and breaking some of these these barriers to entry. I love that there's apps out there like Robinhood that you can go out and buy ticker symbol GLD gold. If you think gold's going higher, I love that Robinhood's out there because you don't really have to spend a lot of money in order to get that exposure, whereas 10, 15, 20 years ago you did. So I'm okay with some of the technology out there. And, you know, Robinhood made TD Ameritrade go to zero commissions. They made Charles Schwab go to zero commissions. So now, in theory, you don't have to own the app, which doesn't have great paperwork. Remember a year ago I told you I opened an account on Acorns? Uh, it's an app. And, the re and what you can do is you can put your credit card. And oddly enough, like with my Apple phone, I don't have to remember all my account numbers and all that kind of stuff. I can link things a lot faster. So I linked a bank account to Acorns, and I just wanted to test the app out personally before I came on air and said anything about it, positive or negative. Um, it's a great concept. It takes your transactions on your credit cards, and it rounds them up, and it invests it for you. 
and there is you've heard stories like when you were a child where people say if you get one which would you rather have a million dollars or a penny a day for the rest of your life <laughs> and you start doing the math or if you had a penny that doubled every day you got to make sure you do that deal right in my opinion because a penny a day for the rest of your life isn't as good as a penny a day that doubles every day so because one becomes two two becomes four and again you do that on a 30-day basis and you kind of got some action there and when i'm talking action i'm talking action you know money you throw a little bit of your acorn roundups into it and uh it invests it for you i like that idea i like that concept so i tried it out and uh i wanted to see how it worked in practice paperwork's awful I like nice paperwork, but I set up a regular account so I didn't have to get the IRA account. I didn't need the tax forms per se, but I set it up for essentially poops and giggles for my kids one day and say, Daddy rounded up all those credit card purchases that you made us made me do, buy you plastic toys that I didn't want to buy. It's now worth over $10,000 a year later. So I, I don't know the timeline frame. I think it was like maybe a year and a half, a year and a quarter. Um, but she could see how I did nothing at all. And it's like that Aerosmith song, making love out of nothing at all. Um, it's a good app. Should that be your primary way of saving for retirement? I don't think so. But it's a heck of a supplementary. And you know what? I haven't missed one credit card roundup purchase. It hasn't bothered me. It didn't hurt me. So like when I went to get an Egg McMuffin and it was $4.25, I don't know how much an Egg McMuffin would, would cost. I would be awful at the game prices, right? So if I got a $4.25 Egg McMuffin and I don't tip, it's McDonald's, right? So it's $4.25. It takes 75 cents and it rounds it up to $5 for you. And that's, it's pretty good. Acorns. Now, Robinhood to me is a little bit more odd. That's another app where you can do trades and transactions doing nothing at all other than sitting at lunch and saying, you know, hey, I kind of want to buy myself a share of Hertz because, well, it's cheap. Maybe by the end of lunch, I'll buy you a dessert. It's on me. I don't like that attitude. That's gamifying something that's very serious, your money. Back in a day and age when you could say anything without getting fired, I would talk about like exotic dancers. I know you're saying, where is this going? (laughs) They work hard for their money. They're in great shape and they get in front of you and they dance. And you're like, that was an amazing dance. Here is $1. They work hard for that money. You should never throw it away. So I do not like, in my opinion, and everyone works hard for their money. It It was what the point was, right? And no one wants to do that. And I don't want to be an exotic dancer. I don't want to get on radio every day. Honestly, I'd rather be on an island sleeping right now. So I don't like Robinhood because it gamifies with my money. And I can tell you, like, um, so do I I mean, so, so many of these apps do, right? Where you're not spending real money. You're spending V-Bucks. V-Bucks, a thousand V-Bucks. That's the currency in Fortnite. It's real money. And it is real currency. You, you can, in theory, buy stuff with V-Bucks. You could probably buy a shirt and Epic will send it to you with V-Bucks. Now, originally you bought it in dollars and you converted it into V-Bucks. But if your kids were to ask you for 1,000 V-Bucks, you're like, oh, come on, kids. It's, sure, it's summer. Here's 10,000 V-Bucks. And you're like, wait, that's $100? 
So there's a gamification where you turn it into a cute name. It's still real money. And Robinhood, the app, when you do a trade, it goes, yay, and it pops balloons on the screen. You just bought a share of Apple. Yay. I like that feeling. I like that instant gratification. Not when I'm using my money. I'd like it to be a little more sober. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.